rugby fans and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. We're a weekly rugby podcast and every week we'll be gathered around the microphones plugging the boys in blue, black and white. Uh, I'm stepping in for Gabriel as the host today as we are all in three separate countries around the world so apologies for the poor audio quality but uh, sooner, sooner or later we'll be, we'll be all back together in Bath and we won't have to deal with it anymore. But Gabriel, you've been at the, been at the Italian Grand Prix, how was that? All right, Charlie. Yeah, great to be back on the podcast. Um, yeah, I've had an absolutely amazing weekend. I live in Milan at the moment, um, and yeah, it's obviously not too far to Monza. So um, I went there, saw Lewis win. Yeah, it was a brilliant weekend. Thank you. And Tom, you've been uh, down at Ashton Gate this weekend, really uh, getting behind the boys. How was that? Yeah, really excited for the for the new season to have started. I was uh, down at Ashton Gate with. Um, 26,000 others, uh, mainly Bristol fans. Uh, unfortunately, I've been hiding away um, since that Friday night, uh, living in Bristol. But uh, no, in all fairness, it was, it was an incredible atmosphere. Um, it was a shame about the result, but um, it was a it was a really impressive spectacle. So fair play to to, to the Bears. Yeah, we did say that this game could be a potential banana skin, and it has proved just that. So we best just crack on and uh, start picking the bones out of this one, boys. Um, so. Gabriel, what do you think? Where did it go wrong? Where did it go wrong, mate? Um, well, for me, I thought I'm really not too disheartened by the performance. Like, it's obviously extremely disappointing to lose uh, against Bristol uh, on the first weekend um, of the season. But I thought they were in patches there. We, we looked quite good. And I think, for me, it was a really scrappy game. You know, and it was a game of it was a game of moments. It came down to some, some key moments, and I just felt like far too often we were losing losing those key moments. So I look at like obviously the, the moment that stands out is the homer, the homer oh, missed try, God, the yeah. drop over the line at the start. Um, I think we'd all agreed that it was going to be crucial to get a fast start given the given the atmosphere, the likely atmosphere, um, and Bristol coming up from the championship wanted to start fast, and that would have been such a, a good way to. To get to to get the ball rolling. Yeah, I think being at the ground as well. The one thing that was immediately apparent was that what we really needed needed to do was stamp our authority on the game early on. And you know, I, I read a stat that 25 minutes into the game, we'd had 80% of territory, but we were trailing three nil. And it's stats like those when it's like, well, you just we're an established Premiership side. You look at the quality that we've got, not only in the starting 15 and 23, but throughout the squad. We need to stamp our authority on the match. Not just I'm not just talking about the Homer, the Homer try, but um, Priestland missing those two kicks, uh, and suddenly Bristol get a bit of momentum. They see us not taking our chances. The crowd get behind them. The crowd start getting more and more um, belief, um, and yeah, it just goes down from there. It's really, really disappointing we weren't able to take those those chances early on. Yeah, I mean, the amount of points we left out on the field, as you say, with Priestland is is 
a bit ridiculous. Not okay. It's not just Priestland's fault, of course. Um, whoever's making the decisions not to take those points when they're there. They're, they're, I mean, the whole point of these games, you just keep the clock ticking. Keep the clock ticking when you've got the momentum on your side, which we had. As you said, we had all the we had all of the territory and most of the possession in that first twenty minutes. I think it was there was about ten minutes that we spent in there twenty two in that first twenty minutes, which is ridiculous not to get any points at all. I mean, you'll probably agree with me as well. Tom Homer deserves to be shot, doesn't he? Like, what is that boy doing? He's just got to drop the ball down. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's done some stupid dive. You, you can dive, it doesn't matter. But if you if you just mess it up, then, you know, you deserve to be yeah, I think taken down. steady on on that. Um, you know, he was the player last se- uh, in our pre-season preview that we said had to had to stand out. I'm not going to call for his head after, after one game. And I thought, actually, that drop aside, and I know, you know, you can't just say that drop aside because it was absolutely criminal. But that drop aside, he didn't have a bad game. Um, he was top uh, in the tally for metres made for us and second um, out of both teams. And he also made a couple of clean breaks and uh, and beat quite a few defenders. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he did. I don't, I don't think he had a particularly bad game. No, he, he no, did. Awesome. Someone's been doing some, some reading up on the stats, haven't you? <laughs> um, Someone's got to do it. No, Someone's yeah. got to do it. You two. I'm not sure you're going to be is very pleased with your output this week, given all you've been doing is reading up on past by the look of things. Yeah, well, as you say, Tom, he did have, yeah, he had a good game. He redeemed himself scoring that try. It was a good try, uh, but that was the key moment in the game, wasn't it? We should we should have got ahead. We should have got ahead there, and then changed momentum, in <laughs> push ourselves in front, put the pressure on them to actually come at us. Because we we were giving it all in that first uh, in that first twenty, and the build up to that try, well, to that no try, was was brilliant. We went through about twenty phases. You know, Falatau broke up broke up the right. Uh, it had some nice 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 little in, interchanges, and then you know it all goes wrong, doesn't it? But it's, for, for me as well, Priestland should Priestland, Priestland was over the line. He was over the line. Should have scored that. It's it's just well again. So these opportunities we left out on the field. Which you know, just they've come to come to bite us in the arse at the end. Yeah, and I think like, as I as I mentioned at the start, it was a game of like the key moments we lost, and another key moment I felt we lost was um, at the at the I think it was about the sixty minute mark, and they just had the yellow card, and we were we were on top in the scrum, going push them over, push them over, and we kept on refusing the three points, um, and then ball comes out and short ball to Roberts who drops it. And they come up, they clear their lines. I felt like that was such a key moment. Like if we'd scored then, we could have had we had another ten minutes on the clock of of the sin bin. That was another key moment. I felt like we lost we lost those moments. Um, yeah. And and if we won one or both of those and come out on top with points, I think that that would have made a massive difference at the end. Yeah, and both of those moments have sort of one thing in common, and that's that they're exacerbated by the fact that there are so many people there. It was such an occasion. And us failing to convert those chances really gave Bristol that confidence, that belief that they could win the game. Um, whereas if we'd been able to take those chances, suddenly the beliefs would just start to drain um, out of Bristol. Yeah. Uh, I hear everyone say it's a really, really impressive performance. Um, and the only way I can interpret that is it's a really impressive performance by us to lose that game, given the players that we had playing and given the, the, the stats particularly in the first half. Yeah, yeah, I think that. Um, I, yeah, I struggled to see how we, how we, how we lost it, um, given given the statistics that you mentioned. But Do you want to look at some players then. Do you want to look at some players? 
No, I think it was a mentality thing, personally. I think, as you say, these big moments, they've made our heads drop. And all this effort that we were putting in, I, I think I think there were some players who really, really stood out. Some who didn't, obviously. But um, yeah, I think so it was I'll just the mentality. I'll just move on now. So, thanks, obviously, thanks, guys, for listening to the first podcast. And um, really, really appreciative of all the, all the support that, um, that everyone's, everyone's given us. And we've had a few... Um, a few tweets, uh, which I'll, I'll address to you guys now, a few questions, um, and one will, which will move us on nicely onto per, uh, personal performances. So we had a tweet from, I'm going to say this wrong, Probable Roller, thanks very much for getting in touch. Boys, can you discuss Garvey's performance at lock, Cook and Preeson's half-back performance, the centre experiment, and just not taking chances? Tom, what, uh, or the first one of them then, what did you make of Garvey's performance at lock? I think... I think we should caveat all these player performances firstly just by saying that it is the first game of the season you do expect some rust and you not not just um, individually in terms of the individual skills but also just cohesively a lot of these players haven't haven't played together we discussed all the new signings um, that have come in for this season and it is difficult to find that cohesiveness um, I think the centers and also Matt Garvey kind of um, epitomize that rustiness I think Matt Garvey. Um, well, I was looking at some some more stats for for Matt Garvey without wanting to um, oh, when I went to turn into a, a sort of walking <laughs> statistician. Um, he only made four carries and nine tackles um, in the sixty minutes that he played. I think he was off the pace. I think he he looked a bit stiff in the tack whenever he got the ball, um, and that's sort of in stark contrast to uh, uh, you know some of the other players that we see like Falatau and Mercer. So. Um, yeah. I've got reservations about Matt Garvey at lock. I would really like to see Charlie Yules, um, who did play for Bath United, which which we'll come on to. I'd really like to see him come back into the fray, um, or Elliot Stuke. Um, but obviously, um, uh, you know, it's, it's reminiscent of Dylan Hartley playing for England uh, probably a year or so back. If you're captain, uh, you do often get in the side, and I'm really wary that we're falling into that trap. Yeah, and I, I completely, with that, that last point especially, completely sympathise with. But... Uh, Though bringing out those stats are interesting there because I just thought it was, it was, it was we were a bit slow around the breakdown as well, and you need someone like Garvey just to be hitting all these rucks. We got turned over far too many times, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Charlie, what, what did you make of the uh, the halfback performances of Cook and Reese Greasy? Oh well, I, I was very disappointed with Priestland. Um, you know, I've I've never really warned him ever, and especially today's performances like today uh, he had some aimless kicking out of hand you know it's not even his kicking off the tee I thought it was some aimless kicking out of hand some were just straight down the middle of the pitch with no real kick chase and that just yeah, had me pulling my hair out but when uh, when he he's supposed to be kicking off, off off the tee nicely that's one of the reasons he's there he's an international he's an international fly half and what you expect from an international fly half is to is to make you know at least 80% of their kicks and what well, he he missed half of them yeah the kicking was the kicking was really poor yeah yeah, yeah. and then in terms of the centre partnership I just think like I'm looking at the team before the game and they're both obviously making their debuts for Bath as well as Cock and Asiga making his debut and then Rocco Daguni missed a lot of rugby last season, and Homer obviously missed a lot of rugby last season. And Gervin Dempsey is the obviously the attack coach. He's brand new. I think we can expect them to be um, to not have gelled so much. So I don't. I'm not really worried about that. I mean, the performance. Uh, I, 
be, as you said, Tom, the front of Gardner would be the one that would worry me the most, as opposed to the centre project or the half-backs, I think, uh, with regards to, to the tweet from earlier. And I thought, I thought as well on the centre, I thought Willison had, had a good game, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we spoke in the last podcast about, um, you know, his offloading game. Um, and I think that's something that, that we saw. And I think he actually complimented Roberts quite well. Um, in defence at times, um, I think they were disjointed. Um, you know, the prime example being when Morahan just uh, sived through the line and, and was only tackled by, a, by an incredible, incredible effort from, from Joe Cocconasigo, who Big is Joe. an absolute athlete. I mean, to, to, to make up that, what, 10, 15 metres, um, you know, to, to catch him five metres from the line and to bring him down like that requires immense strength and speed. So, yeah, I think we should definitely have a shout. Yeah. incredible effort. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, it was, I, thought, I thought Wilson had a good game and, I, I, yeah, I was, I was excited. Just diving in there quickly, Tom. Uh, I don't think that was Willison though. Uh, when Morahan just sighted through the middle, I I thought it was it was Falatau. I think Falatau stepped up out of the line um, and created that dog leg, which he just you know he, he he walked his way through. There was so much space. Uh, I think it was actually Falatau rather than uh, than you know, our centres, Willison and Roberts. Uh, which and again, you don't really want that from. From you know someone of world class caliber like Falatau is, but no, I completely agree with everything you just said. With uh, especially with Willison, I, he really stood out. He was running some running some great lines, um, and he's always looking to offload. And he was just running with such intent. He, he he actually was one of the players who filled me with some excitement, and actually was a positive to take away from that game. You know, of course they got to gel. They're a new centre partnership, but uh, uh, we, we only, only time will tell with that. And uh, you know. Well, it's it's the the first proper proper run out of the season. But what do you think, Gabriel? Yeah, so we move on to then. Let's not be too negative. I think there's a lot of negativity around the club at the moment. Like on social media, I mean, Twitter's obviously always a horrible place after a loss because there's so much negativity about. But um, let's move on to some positives. Let's be positive and let's look at some of the some of the lads who did did have good games. And Tom, you touched in there, and I obviously was um, mentioned that I was a fan in the preseason pod. But I thought Big Joe looked really sharp. Not just that tackle away, obviously it was a really immense athletic bit of skill. But in in, in attack as well, often when we with with the um, excuse me kick, with the kick return, we'd pass it to him and he'd be beating beating men. He certainly outshone Rocco Daguni, and we've spoken how similar those two are. He certainly outshone Rocco Daguni for me. I mean, Tom, you'll probably be able to tell me what the stats say, but just um, <laughs> from my eye, I certainly thought that. Joe had a good game. Um, what did you make of that, Tom? Is there any stats that can back me up, or am I talking rubbish? Um, well, in, in terms of the stats, you know, yeah, he beat a couple of defenders. He was offloading a bit, um, but I think due to the fact that probably our backline wasn't as slick as it could be, he didn't really get that open space on the wing. Um, but there were a couple of sort of glimpses of what we can expect. There was one instance when he got the ball in midfield from basically a standstill, stepped a couple of guys, and then you know, dropped uh, the shoulder on another guy um, and sat him down and, and carried on. And, you know, we're forgetting that he's 20 years old. It is incredible. Um, if he can manage to sort of harness just an ounce of this power um, and actually get that, some skill alongside that, then I think he could be a real, real prospect. And, yeah, he did pick up a little knock um, at the end or, or midway through the game, but he did carry on. So let's really hope that uh, when the injury report comes out later in the week that... Um, He's available to play against Gloucester. Yeah, but I, I was I was seriously impressed with him as well. Uh, you know, it was, it was only a glimpse. He didn't he didn't get a full a full eighty because um, of taking that knock. 
But, uh, you know, as you say, he, he actually came off his wing. He was popping up in the middle of the field. He made that big, heavy carry through the middle, sat boy down in his ass, and then uh, you know, looked to offload, which is what I like. If someone's, if someone's making these big bolstering runs and they're looking to offload afterwards, that's what, that's what you want. Uh, that cover tackle, obviously, on, uh, on Moraham was just you know, really, really impressive. And then uh, he also actually made a, made a turnover as well, you know, jackling over the ball, uh, which is just impressive. Um, but Can Gabriel... Sorry, switch and drop, Charlie. Can I just give you one question on on Joe Cocker and see because you sort of cited him as the sort of most important signing and you thought he'd have most impact uh, out of any of the signings this season. If you were Eddie Jones and you'd 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 seen him play last season for London Irish and we've spoken about that a bit, and then you're on the phone to, to Joe before this season started, what elements of his game in particular would you like to have seen him work on? And do you think he showed that um, on Friday? Yeah, I touched it there. The element I would like to see him work on would be coming off the flank and, and popping up. We see that with I think Eddie does like that. I mean, it's, for me, it's a massive part of being wing. Um, Eddie likes that. Like Jack Nowell is the the, the key oh, example there. Given how much he pops off the wing, um, you know, he's like an extra back rower at times. And I don't think that that's the role Cockney Seagan needs to play necessarily. But I think the, one of the main reasons um, Rocco is out of the England picture is exactly that reason: is that he doesn't do enough. I mean, when Rocco gets the ball in a, in a bit of space, he's, he's absolutely fantastic. You know, he, he can go missing, and, and he, he did go missing. For he, the did. Whole game. Exactly. he did. I think if if if, if, if World Cup be a big year, if he's going to push his way towards that squad. That's an element um, that he needs to develop. And another element. There was one quite worrying moment in the first half when there was a, a little cross kick and there was a bit of confusion between him, him and Homer and neither of them really stamped their authority and I just worry about him maybe um, position, positionally, positionally, positionally in the, in the big up. games against the best tens. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, but yeah, I think he had a good time, game. Charlie, any other time, positive performances that, that you, you, you picked up on? Yeah, well, I thought that Underhill was actually one of the standout players. Um, you know, I've I've always thought that he's just been one of these um, one of these you know just defensive defensive machines. Uh, but I was actually really really impressed with his carrying. Uh, he was popping up on people's shoulders, receiving some offloads, even made a few offloads, which I haven't actually seen in his game uh, over the past couple of years. I mean, I wasn't straight onto his bandwagon like like you were, Gabriel. Um, but Tom, you've 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 had some different thoughts yeah, about I'm, Underhill. I don't know if I agree with that, to be honest. Um... I think, you know, like we just spoke about, you know, you get told, say, by, you know, by Eddie Jones or by your other coaches to, to work on particular things. And Andil's obviously been told to work on his, his, his ball in hand play. But I think that's at risk. Um, he's at risk of losing some of the, the dynamism defence um, that we've seen, that we saw last season. Um, and I actually thought he was quite anonymous around the field. Um, I know it's very different watching it live, but um, he, I think, epitomised some of the, he, him and some of the other players. I thought actually looked very tired. And I know that they've not. Some of them haven't had a full pre-season, um, and some of them have come off, you know, off layoffs as well from last season. But I thought he looked really tired. Um, he wasn't, you know, he played 58 minutes and, and then was replaced. And I don't think his work rate um, was quite what we've seen. So I don't know whether that's just a fitness thing um, or whether it's a result of the way that he's he's trying to change his game. Yeah, well, he he, he did get replaced, but he got replaced by <laughs> um, Francois Lowe, and I don't know. What do you guys think? But that was possibly the worst cameo off the bench I've ever seen in a in a professional rugby match. Yeah. So, well, yeah, France had a poor game, didn't he? I mean, obviously the missed tackle was crucial at the end. 
and the, there's that drop ball as well down the flank. And I tweeted about it before the, the game, how I wasn't overly um, enamoured with him being on the bench. Like, I've got a little, a little statistic, Tom, doing your role for a, for a second here, um, if I can just find it. Um, yeah, so in the next five weeks, Francois Lowe will play in South Africa, Argentina, England, Australia, and then New Zealand. Like, not even this performance notwithstanding well like, is he going to get injured like why are we overplaying this guy give him a week off we've got we've talked about our stack back row options why do we feel the need to play low he looked tired he didn't look like he was up with the pace of the game and then what's worse is i feel like it's probably going to come back to bite us later on in the season well you say that but if he plays like that he's not going to be playing for south africa much is he <laughs> No, but yeah, he, he does. He does. He does deserve a deserve a week off. Um, it's it's a bit mad, especially off the bench. Uh, it, what it's for fifteen minutes, but then again, it's his job. He's he's paid by the club, uh, and I, and I know these I know these guys guys need their time off. But uh, as you say, Underhill looked tired, and so having the class of someone like Francois Lowe to come off the bench, you know. If you're paying him this amount of money, then uh, you don't—you can't really blame the club for it. But I think that's just the sort of opportunity that someone like, you know, Josh Bayliss, who actually captained the United side, I think it's just the sort of opportunity that he needs. Come on, in front of all those people, um, you know, on such an occasion like that, at the start of a season, and stamp your authority on the game, get your name, get your sort of name heard, and get your name out there. Um, Oh, you know, I, I know that we pay Francois Lowe, and I know we want to play him as much as possible, given how how good we know he is. Um, but I think it's just, you know, it's quite it's quite short-sighted of the club um, to try and play him every single week. Um, I think we should be thinking about longer term and down the season, particularly the history, given the history that we've had with injuries in the past. Yeah, well, that, that's completely my point. So another um, another tweet that, that we got, um, which is probably more regarding the style of play, was from Matt Hutton. Thanks for getting in touch, Matt. Appreciate it. Who says... It was a continuation of last year. Zero creativity, stupid mistakes, and the inability to put points on the board. Last year, we had half a team injured. So far, we have a full squad and a full preseason. So what is wrong? Uh, Charlie, what do you reckon is wrong, mate? Well, is there, is, there a big, is there something that's big wrong, or is it just a blip? Um, I don't know, it's a blip. As we said, it, this, was, this was you know a potential game that we were going to slip up on, and we, we've slipped up. And you know, I know we, it's a game we, we should have won, uh, the performance, the the performance was was lacking, obviously. Uh, but you've got to take your hats off to Bristol. They were better. They were the better team on on the night. Uh, they had some standout players. Uh, as you as mentioned, I don't want to go over what we've said already. But uh, it's a very you know new look back line. We've got players coming back from injury. We've got players who haven't played together before. Um, it's 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 something to build on, but. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there are, there'll be people out there who are pointing fingers at coaches and and I don't actually think that's that's got anything to do yeah. with it. I think I think I'd make two points sort of about that tweet. I, I don't think it's continuation of last season. I don't think you can say it's continuation on last season, given all the new players we brought in. You can't expect these players to gel instantly. Um and the other point is that we're we're not injury free. You know, we're missing Jonathan Joseph, we're missing Anthony Watson. We're missing Khan Fotel Lee. These are players who have been pivotal um, in, you know, in, in many, many matches, in many backlines that, that, that we've had um, over the past couple of seasons. Um, I think it's too early to say, to be honest. I think there were parts um, of our game plan and parts of our play that were good. 
Um, but I also think it looked disjointed. And, and, and you know, um, I think only time will tell um, really on that. Yeah, I think the only thing I would agree with, with Matt's tweet was when he said stupid mistakes. And it's the unforced errors which just really, really annoy me. Like, they're, just, they're so frustrating as a fan because you, you build up momentum, go through phases, and it's, it's another drop ball. And that's, I mean, our discipline was a lot, lot better this week than it was last season, which was a massive problem. But it's still our, our, our unforced errors, which I, I don't, I, you can't blame that. I don't know if you can blame on the coaches, I'm not sure. But I don't know whether the boys are tired, whether they're just not really sure where they're meant to be. But it just looks like sometimes they get the ball and the ball's coming to them. They look a bit surprised that it's come to them and they drop do, it. Do, do you think out of interest that the unforced errors are more as a result of sort of individual skill levels? Or as a result of the team not being used to playing with each other and not knowing the structures. I don't know. It's 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 not. I, I if you pass a ball to me and I've never had you throw a ball to me before, I still can catch the thing. But it's it's just I I don't know what it was. It just it's it's something that you you just can't really explain. Sometimes you just have those off days and then people drop balls. I don't know what they were doing. I don't know if they covering themselves in like baby oil or something in the changing rooms because it did look like. It was very greasy out there. I don't know, Tom. You you were there. Was it was it was it raining? I couldn't really see on the TV. No, I think I think that's no excuse. I think the conditions were pretty good. It was a really really nice pitch. In fact, they'd had football there. I think it was a week or two previously. Um, the pitch was in fantastic condition. Well, yeah, the conditions exactly. were really good. So under the lights. Uh, that's no excuse. There's no excuses really. Anyway, I think there were 16 handling errors, which is which is just inexcusable. I mean, Gabriel looked like you've got something to say. Yeah, no, I just think, coming back to Tom's point, he said it's not um, individual skill levels. Like, that's a ridiculous comment. I play, what, what level, what grade do I play? Like, the lowest of the... the of the, the low. Rugby. <laughs> and I can still catch a ball. It's not, it's not about skill levels. It's about the, the anticipation of where you're meant to be and, where, and whether you expect the ball. And then it's also the thought, if you're not 100% confident in your mind where, where the runners are outside you, and what you're meant to be doing with the ball. If you're not 100% sure with that structure, then you like to take your eye off the ball more, um, and you like to make a mistake. I think that's what the problem is. Just I, think like it, I, I think it's a combination of the two. I, think, I, I, understand, I understand that argument, but I, I'm, I'm looking at players, um, you know, like Nathan Catt, who's, you know, has, has been laid off with injuries for a while. Matt Garvey's another one. And I'm really, I really do think that their skill levels are below where they should be. Their individual skill levels are below where they should be. They get the ball no, in hand. For me, they're they professional like rugby players. They don't quite know what doing. A simple catching and passing. Uh, it's it, it's something you should be working on. In, in my opinion, they should be down on down in the training paddock. You know, passing balls backwards and forwards till next week until you can get it right and you're not dropping any balls. Yeah. Um, yeah work it right. Out. And then finally, the final uh, listener question. Oh, it's not really a question or a statement came from Alex Barton. Alex, not to get in touch, but Alex tweeted, hashtag Blackadder out. Please discuss. I've seen enough. Well, what's this, what's this on, person's Charles, name? Sorry? What, do you, what do you reckon of that? Are you, are you giving any, uh, any thought of that at the moment? What's this chap's name? So I didn't catch his name. Alex. Um, but Alex, Barton. there we go. Alex, I, um, uh, I hope you're not in the camp that is saying... Get Blackadder out because uh, I think if some some of the reasons we just discussed drop balls etc. It's not it's not it's not his fault. Um, we've just we just got uh, German Dempsey in as well, who's who's going to bring a lot to the team. 
Blackadder seems like he's 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 doing everything he should be doing, and just some of these performances just haven't been been following through. I I don't think I don't think we can we can you know hang him out to dry. Uh, he's he's had his ups and his downs, and I know it's it's one game. Uh, last season he actually got us back into the top six, uh, and you know, we're going to be playing Champions Cup rugby this year, which is all of us would have actually considered a success, especially coming into the, uh, the back end of last season. We were not even expecting uh, uh, to, make, uh, to make the top competition. But, uh, you know, what, what, what do you think, Tom? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not of that view. Um, I, I've said this a couple of times, but I, I really think um, we should be wary of jumping to, to massive conclusions, both about players and about coaches, just given one game in the season. That said, I do think there do need to be questions asked um, about the coaching setup in general. Um, and I'm not saying those questions should be asked now, but if this form continues and this inability to take chances, and this is not, this is not, this is not new. I know it's a new season, but this inability to take chances, this inability to make use of the, you know, blatant talent and, and, and that we have um, and all the money and all the, everything that gets pumped into in the training facilities um, and it just continues. And I can see, um, Alex, I can see your frustration. I really can. But I, I just don't think that that's in the best interest of the club, um, even if it, it seems like a, a convenient answer right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, 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 I completely sympathise with the frustrations and we do all have our frustrations with the coaching staff. But we've just got to look at some, some news that's even just come out about half an hour ago. Uh, the sacking of Matt O'Connor at Leicester. They've now had four heads uh four head coaches DORs in the past two seasons I mean it's 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 not doing them any good and it's just creating an unhappy camp people are coming in and out you don't get the consistencies people are trying to change direction of the club you need to give someone some time at the helm to actually direct the boat and we need to get behind him so that's what I'd say to all the fans out there is you know get behind Todd I think uh and if we can, if we can give him some support, and he can get some uh, a good run of games together, then uh, he can actually deliver, Gabriel. But but he is still accountable, and if at the end of the season um, we're still not seeing not only the results, but we're still not seeing um, us capitalise, uh, you know, on these opportunities, then I, I do think the questions do need to to start being answered and asked. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, the game's changing, boys. The game is changing. Leicester sacked Matagon after one game, but the game's changing. And I, as much as I agree hideous. that Blackadder should not be sacked, I could see it happening midway through the season, um, which I think would be awful because we'd have to start again with a rebuilding process and they'd get his men in. And yeah, yeah it's back to square one. It, I don't think it's out of the question that he goes before. Say before January, I don't think it's out of the question that goes if we're if we're putting in performance like that. But one thing he's come out in the press uh, talking about is uh, is one of our key players uh, who's currently sideline, Anthony Watson, and all the rumours that have been circling around our man Tony uh, Gabriel. I know he is uh, he's your lover boy. Uh, what you do to get to get into a room with him? But uh, what what are your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, my boy. Um, look, if we let Anthony Watson walk out the door of Farley House at the age of 24, then, well, we might as well pack this podcast in, boys, and do something else with our time, because what are we doing? Uh, he is, when he's playing, he's our best player. Um, Falatau included for me. 
is absolutely electric. Just look at some of the moments he's produced in the Barsha in recent years. I mean, that try against um, Toulon was Watson goes magnificently on, on the outside. outside. Yeah, it was, it's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable <laughs> talent. Um, yeah. Just just for the fans who, who don't know, the room is going around. Uh, he's linked to, I think, uh, four French clubs who are you know, already in contact trying to extend offers his way. And the thing that, that worries us from a, you know, from, a, from a Bath point of view is that uh, he's going to be sidelined at least until January, which is when that transfer window goes. And as we know, his contract's up at the end of the season. Uh, so if... If, if Tony's not feeling like there's a real future at Bath, you know, he's he's going to want start want to start winning, you know, some actual domestic trophies. And if if Bath's not looking like a club that can actually deliver on that over recent, you know, over you know the uh, oncoming years, then he may get his head turned. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Um, well, I was going to say more importantly, has anyone seen the picture of him um, in the new Bath shirt? I mean, for all those haters out there of the of the new Bath shirt. Just click on the just just find yourself uh, you know go into a, a, a nice quiet room and find yourself uh, a picture of Anthony Watson in in the new Bath away strip. It is it is something else and yeah it, you know we all agree on this and and I'd love to disagree with you boys uh, just to make interesting listening but I'm not going to. Um, Anthony Watson is is an absolutely fantastic player and 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 we'll be an absolute travesty if we were to lose him. But this is not out of the ordinary. This you know he's 24. He's British and Irish lion. He's an incredible player. He's been sidelined. There are going to be clubs that come along and try and poach him, um, but Bath seem intent on keeping him, and 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 uh, yeah, that, that gives me some optimism. So by the looks of things, Tom, then you've spent your uh, your week looking at statistics and going to dark rooms and looking at photos of Anthony Watson. Let's just hope no one from work's listening. Hey, it sounds like uh, a good was, week spent. <laughs> let's let's come on to it now. Then let's move away from the game and come on to a bit of news, and we'll come on to the kits. The kit was obviously released after our pre-season preview podcast. Slightly different take on the blue, black and white stripe hoops. Um, Charlie, what did you make of the kit? What was your initial reaction when you saw? Obviously, they, they kept an embargo on it as much as they could. There was a few leaked photos here and there. But when you saw that official photo, what was your instant reaction? Yeah, so my instant reaction, I thought it looked a bit like a training kit. I'll be honest, uh, I wasn't the biggest fan with it at the start, but it's grown on me. Um, I I do actually quite, uh, really like the, the home kit. Uh, it's good. You've got to change these things up, make make them different. You know, obviously I love the traditional, uh, you know, full length hoops. Uh, but, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice kit. But I, I have, there's one, one thing that has bugged me a bit. Uh, it's maybe me just, just picking hairs. But the, the away kit... Um, it's got a thin black line um, above the blue strip. Should be below the blue strip to make it blue, black, and white. It's, it's now it's black, blue, and white. Which I, you know, you've got to think about these things. Tom, what, what, what are your opinions? Well, to be honest, my instant reaction was uh, relief because there's been a lot of chat about um, how radical the new kit's going to be this season. Um, and whereas I think it is a step down from from the really really nice shirt that we've had um it's basically been unchanged for the two seasons previous to this one um i actually don't mind it i, I actually particularly like the away shirt and that's not just because uh, there's a picture of anthony watson wearing it um uh, yeah i quite like it and i agree it's, it's nice to change things up um but i hope next season we revert back to um the, the, the full hoops gene what do you reckon well so where i come up with kits now this is i'll take this this start this standpoint with all the rugby kits 
and probably all sports kits really, is that you can go one of two ways. And in the NFL, they go away where they have a, a uniform and they have it for a 10, 15 year period. And that just stays. And everyone buys the kit and then they change the training kit. And then one, one, um, one game week uh, a year, they have like a, they call it a color rush kit in the NFL, which is like a, they change it up completely. But they stick with the same uniform all along. And I'd like that in rugby, to be honest with you. We have our, our, our classical blue, blue, black and white hoops. Um, like we all really like, like the last, the last couple of seasons has been really nice kit. But if we don't want to go down that route of having one kit, and I understand that manufacturers probably don't want to go down that route because I'd imagine it's less profitable for them, then, you know, then we've got to mix it up. And I think Canterbury have done a, a really good job of mixing it up. I think it looks really, I think it looks pretty, pretty slick, actually. It definitely... Um, uh, it does look good when there's a whole contingent of people wearing it, I think. It looks better. Yeah. But you know, especially, right. especially, especially when you compare it to some clubs in the Premiership, I, I don't think we can, uh, we can feel too hard done by. Oh God, some of them. Oh, the, that wasps as well. Have you seen the shorts? They are, they are nice. Oh yeah, I do, so, I do, do like those shorts. Getting a pair of those. No, but going, going to possibly the most hideous kits uh, elsewhere in the league. Did you see the wasps and Worcester kits? It, it made me feel sick. You, know, I was, I only watched the highlights of that game, but oh. Both kits were horrible. They looked like two different coloured barcodes playing against each other. It was foul. <laughs> no, I didn't actually uh, catch that game. Um, no. I'll probably not be catching it then. No, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a miss. Oh no! Oh, well, if you if you want to if you want to uh, give you make yourself cringe a little bit, is watching uh, Duncan Weir miss the match winning. Uh, uh, match-winning drop kick about twenty meters out, right in front of the sticks in the eightieth minute. He just shunts it, shunts it wide. It was, it was pretty awful. But uh, we got any other news? The, one other thing from from Bath would be then this week would be the Bath United um, score. So we'll probably touch on this every week. Uh, just, just briefly mention it. I don't know if anyone's watched the game, but uh, unfortunately we lost that one as well to the Bristol A. I think they call themselves thirty points to twenty, which is really disappointing because on the on paper we had a pretty strong side out. You know, the likes of Max Clark was in the centre, Darren, Darren Atkins was at fifteen. Um, Charlie, you're starting. Yours, yours, Bayless. Bayless was in in the back row. That was pretty uh, pretty disappointing. But then, you know, none of us saw the game. I don't think so. We can't really comment too much. The only thing I did think was that um, Rory McConaughey scored and and looked quite bright. So that may be something to, to watch out for. Anyone got any thoughts on that, or should we move on? Charlie calling for Tom Homer's head. He'd probably have uh, McConaughey starting a fullback. <laughs> no, uh, no, on Sunday I'm, Charlie. I know. I'm, I'm not calling. I'm not calling for Homer's head. Look, uh, he, he makes a mistake. We all make mistakes. We're only human at the end of the day. Uh, you know, we'll 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 forgive him. Uh, leave him from the firing squad for this week. But we'll have no more stupid dives, please, Tom. If you're listening. Okay, and the final thing on the news, which is definitely not. <laughs> yeah. The final thing on the news is something that. Um, I feel quite strongly about, and this this may um, come across as a bit of a rant. And I'll just I'll just preface um, what I say with by saying that whenever I criticise the club, I only do it because um, my heart's in the right place, and all I want is for them for them to do well. But what really? I'll just, I'll just I'll just I'll just preface this by saying you can actually skip forward for about two minutes on your on whatever podcast uh, app you listen to this on. This is, um, this is this is crucial stuff. But what really annoyed me. Um, and it probably didn't have any effect on the game, but what really annoyed me was the uh, all season, all pre-season, we've been told about 
um, how the, the the squad's fully fit and how they've had 15 on 15 and how everyone's fit and we've got no injuries and the only injuries are those long-term ones to, to Cine and to, to Anthony and to JJ. And then come up, come to Friday and suddenly Ale Brew, Cooper Vuna and Carl Fortelli have all got calf strains and Charlie Yules isn't fit. And I was just like, I felt a bit like, oh, we've just been lied to all pre-season and that, that really got to me. But what got to me more was the fact that why the hell have three of our boys got calf strains? I understand the, the long-term injuries to, to the likes of Watson, who's done, done his Achilles. That's, you know, a freak accident. But the medical team, the strength and conditioning, the fitness boys have had these guys all pre-season. And when it comes to the most important moment, the Friday night against Bristol, three of them aren't available. Now, I'm sorry, but someone's got to be accountable for this. And I want to know when these boys got injured, who, who was running the session when they got injured and why they got injured. And at the end of the season, we need to have a review of why we're picking up so many injuries like this. Three calf strains. Why are we picking up so many injuries like this? You know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm fed up of sweeping it under the carpet as injuries being bad luck. It's not bad luck when, you, when, when, it's, when it's muscle injuries like that. We've got to... Someone's Gabe, got to be accountable. And someone's got to come out and say, look, look. sorry, I've injured, I've injured these players. And then the season, if they've done it too, made too many mistakes, like we're talking with Blackadder, if he makes too many mistakes, he's putting me out of the job, then someone is going to be out of the job. Gabe, look, I, I think that's, that's there. Rant over. There we go. You got it off your chest. Uh, he's been holding that in all week. Um, yeah, for those of you just coming back to us, having skipped ahead, uh, Gabriel was uh, basically annoyed about people having calf strains and wants uh, <laughs> wants to know why. Uh, these things happen. It's rugby. It's contact sport. Uh, I, I know it's I irritating. I, I, I just make two points. Like I think a, it is probably not as clear cut as you think. Just because there are three calf injuries doesn't mean that the three calf injuries have happened in the same way. And the other thing is, I think it is very, very difficult to pin down often exactly who is to blame. Uh, but I, I do hope that the club are, doing, are, are conducting like an internal review at least, even if we don't see it of, of the injuries because we have just sustained so many. And and here's hoping this season's better. Yeah, so now we'll move on to a feature we're looking to bring into the podcast, um, which we're going to call Around the World in 60 Seconds. Um, and basically, obviously, this is obviously a Bath rugby podcast, so our focus is going to be 95% on, on the boys in blue, black and white. But it's nice to now have a little idea of what is going on around the world. So we're going to dedicate 60 seconds a week, um, and one of us is going to take that time just to... Uh, run a few, a few talking points around the leagues, a few results, standout results, um, and then we'll move on and carry on talking about Bath. So, so you're going to take this I've, one, Gabe, yeah? I've drawn the short straw this week, so I've been um, on the old Google Translate trying to work out what was the French top 14 website, so I could work out what was going on there, but I think I've got my head around it. Um, so I want to set a time, or do you want to try to do it? Oh, you just, yeah, uh, you just go. Possible. Crack on, mate. Let's hear. Count me in. Three, two, one, go. OK, so in the Pro 14, there was a last-minute win for Ulster against the depleted Sarah Scarlet's um, side and an amazing game at Cardiff Arms Park where Leinster, the champions, came out against Cardiff Blues 32 points to 33. In France, the battle of the Scottish halfbacks was won convincingly by Greg Laidlaw, whose Claremont side thrashed Finn Russell's racing side to 17 points to 40. This weekend, set your alarms. The Rugby Championship's back this weekend, and it's Australia v South Africa, the big game of the of the championship. Um, Scout Brits of Saracens fame called up by South Africa, and Falau's back in the Australia squad after injury. In the big game on the in the championship, London Irish beat Ealing uh, twenty points to seven, 
um, in a in a game where in a game where friend of the podcast Lawrence May started at ten against uh, Stephen Myler. Um, and yeah, check out the highlights there. And finally, um, a talking Beep. point in in the Beep. league is obviously the promotion Beep. relegation. Lewis, uh, <laughs> that's time up, mate. I'm bored of you. <laughs> is that it? Yeah, yeah. You've had your minute. Up, You've had yeah. your minute. Well, no, fin- 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 finish your point, though. What was what were you going to say? Yeah, so prefer- oh, sorry. RIP director of professional rugby, Nigel Melville, has uh, backed the prom- current promotion relegation uh, system, which is hopefully something we won't have to talk about anymore, given hopefully Bath will be further up the table. Done. Well done. No, uh, as as, as a first good. off, I, I like it a lot. I would okay. have stuttered and stabbing my way all the way through that so uh, yeah nice nice one to kick it off it's good to have a little update on what's going on elsewhere um, but enough of what's going on elsewhere let's let's look forwards and hopefully upwards uh, to next weekend Bath are hosting another West Country derby they're going to be welcoming back Matt Banahan but he won't be wearing blue black and white he'll be wearing the cherry and white uh, how devastating is that going to be yeah, I mean, we knew it was coming, didn't we? Obviously, when he moved, um, yeah, it's going to be tough to to see him. Hopefully, he'll get. A, I'm, well, I'm sure he'll get a good reception from from the wreck. Um, but then, you know, it's down to business, and I'd like him to go home unhappy at the end of the day. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to see it happen. So, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Gloucester, Gloucester did look look really good against against Northampton, and 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 you know. Sadly, Matt Banahan didn't look his his, his normal self. Um, he, he had a really impressive game. He looked really dangerous um, uh, on the left wing for, for Gloucester. I really don't know. I think um, the first game of the season was difficult. It was such a, it was such a big occasion, um, and I think we bottled it really. Um, and I think you know, coming back to the wreck against another old rival, um, we've got to put some of the mistakes right that we made um, we made on Friday. So um, I'm optimistic. Um, as ever, uh, you know it's the start of the season. I'm going to remain optimistic uh, until we until we carry on losing. Um, but I think it's going to be it's going to be a stern test. Yeah, uh, you know Gloucester were were very impressive in their win over Northampton Saints. Uh, as you say, Matt, Matt Banahan almost scoring a try, if not for a fantastic tackle by uh, you know it was a combined tackle by Courtney, Courtney Laws and uh, Dan Bigger. Um, but uh, you know there was one. It was probably the moment of magic from the entire weekend was uh, their their new signing big money signing Danny Cipriani that wonder pass over the top to Charlie Sharples to dot down you know, that is some of the class that we're going to have to watch out for um, and we hope that you know I hope that you know, our, our, our back line has you know, started to solidify a bit more over this week and bring them together in training and uh, we can we can you know Plug those holes when that you know those, those inevitable attacks are coming our way. You know just that the, the magic that Cipriani can bring is going to be it's going to be a big worry. But uh, Gabriel, what do you think? Yeah, um, I think that it's going to be tough. Um, do you guys? I don't know. I was just trying to think. Then, do you guys see any any changes um, changes to the squad? Personally, I'd like to see. Um, the old Elliot Stoog come into the side for Garvey yeah, um, and change the captaincy up there. But apart from that, I reckon I'll stick with the same team, give these boys another go. Um, what, Tom, do you reckon there's going to be any any changes, injury aside? Yeah, I'd probably agree with you on the, on the Garvey change, um, to be honest. Who, who, who would then be captain? Because it looked like during times of that, in that Bristol match that, that, that Dave Atwood 
was captain. I don't know what was going on there. There was one instance when actually when Homer dropped the ball and it was disallowed when JP Dole was was talking to Dave Atwood. So uh, I'm not sure if they've lined him up to be captain, but um, yeah, I think you've got to play your best 15. And I would like to see uh, Charlie Yules actually um, come in for, for for Matt Garvey. And and I actually think I'd like to see Tom Tom Dunn start. I think Jack yeah. Walker didn't quite look fit. He looked off the base. So, um, yeah, those would be, those would be the two changes that no, I would that's make. that's exactly what I, I was going to say. I'd, I'd like to see Tom Dunn come in. In the loose, he really made an impact. I mean, we'll have to just excuse his atrocious darts at, at, at the end of uh, the Bristol game. Um, you know, uh, but... Uh, you know, he, he made a really big impact in the loose and uh, he's someone I think could, could bring a bit of uh, you know, dynamism back in uh, back into that front row. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. otherwise... Just on, the, on the injuries as well, just to see if we're getting the boys back. Um, I don't know what the update on... We'll probably do an update on Friday soon. There's a couple more hamstrings and a, and a thigh strain. But I don't know if Lee is going to be back. Yeah. Um, he might make a difference coming yeah. in. Um, yeah, we obviously won't know until later on in the week. Uh, but um, I'm positive guys like I mentioned it earlier and there's a lot of negativity around the club at the moment and I just think we're one game in come on we're positive before the start of the season I'm going to remain positive I'm going to remain behind the boys and I'm not I'm not going to be at the wreck but if you are going down to the wreck and you're listening then you know sing your bloody hearts out and get behind the lads in blue back and white because now's not the time to to, to start to start rumbling and grumbling about this that and the other you know Todd this Todd that get behind the boys get you know Give them, give them a, a good reception and, uh, yeah, just, you know, a bit of positivity. One game in and, and there's still a long way to go in the season. Yeah, so I, I'd agree with that. Um, as, we, as we've discussed, things we've got to change is, you know, taking our opportunities, you know, simple points that are out there. That's what, that's what, that's what lost us the game uh, against Bristol and alongside some just brain-dead brain decision-making uh, you know, and then just back to basics, simple drop balls. Hopefully we can improve that. The wreck will make a big difference. Uh, so I don't know if we want to make a prediction. I, I'm going to, you know, back us, uh, back us to bounce back. Um, and it's going to be a close game, close, closely fought contest as the West Country derbies always are, but uh, bar to sneak it by five. Gabriel, what do you think? Blind faith, bath by 14, Cock and a seagull, oh. on his ass. <laughs> and Tom? Tom, I'm going to go Bath by three. Close for encounter. Um, I think Reese Reeson will bounce back um, and kick us to victory. A full house, a full house there for for the boys in blue, black, and white. Um, hopefully, hopefully it will come true, and it's not just our blind optimism. Uh, but yeah, it, just just a, a turnaround performance would be great, and. Um, uh, I think that'll probably wrap it up for us now, boys. Uh, if it'd be great if you guys could leave us some reviews. We've had a couple of reviews in; it'd be fantastic. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, uh, leave us five stars. Um, follow us on Twitter at Bath Rugby Plug, uh, or send us an email if you want to get some, you know, some more in in depth chats uh, uh, to bathrugbyplug at gmail dot com. Um, but otherwise, boys, I think uh, that's about it for the for today. Um, Tom, Gabriel, great to have you on. Uh, come on, you both. Cheers, boys. Thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers for listening.